Melanin and me, exploring the black woman's experiences in Britain. Hey lovely ladies, welcome back to Melanin and me. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to remind you how you can stay up to date with our latest content. We release episode every Thursday, so make sure to subscribe to Melanin and me on your preferred podcast platform so that you don't miss out on any episodes. You can also follow our inspiring content on social media by searching melanin underscore and underscore me on Instagram or find us on Facebook at melanin and me UK. If you felt empowered or motivated from any of our episodes, we love to hear it. So feel free to contact us by emailing melaninandme at yahoo.com or slide on in on our DMs on our social accounts. Don't forget to share some love, drop us a review and share with any of your fellow queens who might be uplifted by tuning into Melanin and Me. For now, enjoy today's episode. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Queen's Corner. Today we've got someone pretty special. The topic that we're going to be delving in, it's quite close to my heart. We've got Rhea Gibbs today and she is the founder of the Black Teachers Connect. Hello Rhea, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good thank you, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. As we were talking earlier before we started the recording, it is a bit a busy day, like with fixture, fixtures after school, clubs after schools, yeah. meetings. It's just like full on, isn't it? And obviously yeah, right. days are getting um darker. Like I set my alarm this morning to go to the gym at like six o'clock and it was not happening. <laughs> you go to the gym before work? I tend to, yeah. yeah. Oh my you live close to your school. Yeah, and that makes a massive, massive difference. It's only about 15, 20 minutes. Okay, and yeah. my gym is literally a walk away. So I literally get roll out of bed, brush my teeth, get into my gym gear, roll, and then roll back in. <laughs> so it works yeah. really, really well, yeah. Mm, that's amazing. I wish I could do that. Honestly, okay. you can. You've just got to set like a goal to have it once a month and then mm-hmm. once every two weeks. And then you just yeah. build it in. You just build it yeah. in. You get used to it. Um, how are you anyway? How's your day been? I'm good. I'm good. My day's definitely been hectic. Again, it was our drop down day at school today. So instead of having normal lessons, what we have is a PSHE day. Yeah. So there are different topics for the different sessions throughout the days for students. And I work with the sixth form. So specifically, they had sessions for them and they were focusing on like revision and preparing for their exams because unfortunately the current year 13s and the current year 12s are year 13 are the first year year 11s to basically be impacted by COVID yeah so they're now doing their A-levels after not having any GCSE exams whatsoever um so they're now about to take their A-levels and they don't really have any any technique or skill for revising or preparing for an exam so that that today was quite good for them and I'm just I'm just quite tired I think when in teaching do we say we're not tired you know I feel like I'm at the end of a term not the <laughs> beginning of a term yeah and I'm literally so confused like at every minute I'm like hold on a second are you telling me I've only been back for a week and a half <laughs> like seriously like I'm literally counting down the days and November's going by so quickly but I'm so ready to just be at the Christmas holidays so we've got four weeks until we break up we break up on the 17th of December and honestly 
uh, a bit like you I am counting down the days literally I was speaking to one of my colleagues today and I was like when is this term going to be over because I'm ready boy <laughs> so so ready for it to be over yeah. um, and I really as you said like the the dark mornings and the dark evenings as well I don't I just don't like it mm. be being in my office and it's four o'clock and it's really dark outside and I'm like what am I still doing here can really impact on your mood yeah 100% I agree before we dive a little bit deeper can you just tell us a bit about yourself what you do how long have you been doing it for so we can get a bit a bigger picture I know you've gone a little bit about your teaching and teaching year 12s but can you tell us a little bit more how long have you been teaching for so this will be my this will be my third full year of teaching um I am a teacher of sociology and criminology oh wow I'm also head of the 12 yep so I teach mainly sixth form students in key stage four so 10 11 upwards even though we do have year nine sociology mm-hmm. criminology is only however for year 12 and year 13 so I'm very much immersed into sixth form um a lot uh a lot basically uh, and aside from that of course I am the founder of Black Teachers Connect and I know we'll talk a little bit about this later but Black Teachers Connect is a platform a forum for Black teachers to network come together we're a hub for teachers based in the UK and beyond giving them support CPD and the necessary steps to kind of progress in an education system that isn't designed for Black teachers to thrive um, we are that kind of soundboard and that that system of support for them um, and that is what I do so when I get home from work I'll open my laptop and that's Black Teachers Connect stuff. So it's almost like having two jobs. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, the space that you've created is absolutely fantastic. And I have been a part of it. I've done a few things online whenever you've gone on Insta Live. I've jumped on that. The, I remember it was back in the summer and you were talking about how do we get in these positions that aren't necessarily often given to us and how do we push ourselves to be able to get in those positions and there was a few tips that I got out of that I just I'm just I just want to know a little bit more into what led you to create this space like I know it's well needed but what was it that triggered and you were like right this is what I'm going to do because it is as I've said it's absolutely fantastic thank you I you know I was training to be a teacher and I walked into the first lecture you know if you do PGCE route you know you have lectures in a university base and so I went to the IOE and so I walked in to that lecture hall and I just saw white faces and it dawned on me again is this going to be another experience of what university was like for me but even on a more isolating scale now when it came to my course I was surrounded by a lot of black women interestingly and if you know anything about social sciences a lot of black women tend to teach social sciences um it's very very interesting actually and so on the course a lot of my friends on that course were dealing with issues of racism be it with their mentor be it with students in their schools be it with other staff they were having issues of racism microaggressions I too myself was experiencing that And I began to think, well, if we're experiencing this, how many other people are experiencing this? And I came home and I started to brainstorm and I started to think about my own educational journey. And then I realized across the time that I was in school, college, I only had two black teachers. 
in that time and it dawned on me and I thought wow we're actually rare like we, we aren't common to, it's rare not common to have teachers it's really rare mm-hmm. and I didn't really recognize that and I think living in London you grow into this bubble of thinking that black people are everywhere mm-hmm. and they're not and I went into the statistics on the government website and it said that black teachers made up two percent of the teacher workforce and I said wow I want to do something to tackle this so nobody feels isolated like how I do. Nobody goes into their placement schools and feels like they've got nobody and they're the only black teacher, um, that people can have a space that they can support one another and so that we can stay in the system. The most important things for me are retention and recruitment. Mm-hmm. Because there's no point recruiting black teachers into a system that they won't stay in. Mm-hmm. And so it's about an overhaul of the system. And I'm talking right through from the perception of teaching amongst the black community due to the experiences of black teachers mm-hmm. in the education system. That is such an interesting um, experience that you've had, because for me as well, it was absolutely exactly the same. So whenever I did my teacher training, I went to Loughborough, renowned for its sports facilities, for its teacher training course absolutely fantastic but as soon as I walked in there again you are the only black person in that room you've got a lecture theater of about we had about 40 odd trainee teachers and half of those were maths and half were PE I was again the only black teacher training teacher and then you go out to your placement schools again you're the only black teachers you look at the student population it's quite it's not reflective of the teachers at all. Um, mm-hmm. So I was in a school where there was a m- massive high number of black students, Asian students. However, the teachers didn't really reflect that. Mm-hmm. And I, as a trainee, I took it upon myself to sort of like create little safe spaces for those black students where they are heard, where they are valued and appreciated because often they get labeled with this label of or oh, they're underachiever or they misbehave when in actual fact all they need it's someone who is like I understand I hear you I know where you're coming from to just have that same experience to then move forward together so that was really good but it was taxing it is such a taxing job When you've got your teacher training, you've got your lesson plan, you've got your observation, you've got your feedback forms and everything else. Because a bit like you, I took the PGCE route and then you've got your assignments on top of that. It's just relentless. You're trying to do the good Lord's work, but honestly, it's (laughs) so tiring. (laughs) Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really, really, it was an eye-opening experience, actually. So Black Teachers Connect, how many members have you got on the on this network? Do you know? So it's crazy because we can't put a number to it in terms of our network per se. In terms of people that we kind of correspond with via email, that's over 300 people. But in terms of our network and our growing network on social media, we have over 4,500 followers on Twitter. And we have almost, we're almost at that mark. Hopefully when this episode drops, we'll be there. But yeah. we are almost at the 7,000 mark on Instagram. Woo! Our community is growing exponentially at a pace that we would have never imagined. Um, and people are becoming very invested into our community. And it's, and it's great to see. It's wonderful to see. 
just to take us back a little bit, um, what made you go into teaching? Like, was there a specific moment where you were like, this is it, I need to go in there and change it up? Or was it just something that you've always wanted to do? I've always wanted to be a teacher, always wanted to be a teacher. I think the way I was kind of treated in secondary school. So in my in year 11, I had a bit of a tough run. Um, and a lot of young black girls, unfortunately, have a tough run in year 11. The perception of me began to change amongst my teachers. And yes, I'll freely admit, you know, my, my attitude wasn't the best. You know, I wasn't the best student in the world, but I wasn't the worst. And I think I became labelled very quickly accused of many things that I, I hadn't done just because of the friendship group that I'd made and I just thought to myself you know I know that I can be a teacher and I know that I can make a difference um I have a background in youth work so working with children um, I've done a lot of youth work across my university journey um working with young children in the summer I went to a youth club when I was younger that same youth club I became a youth worker in it was really important for me to build relationships with children mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we don't let children be children and learn the mistakes that they have to to make sure that they have a great outcome in life and to me I love my subject I think my subject is so valuable and I think if I can invest another student into my subject then why not as a teacher you make such a difference and I had teachers that made such a difference to me Mm. my teacher in sixth form really solidified that that decision for me it's crazy because she reminds me of me when she was teaching me she was 24 23 head of department she was you know this girl from South London and she just just mesmerized me the way she taught me just literally like it made me think wow you know I want to be you one day and ever since that decision I you know I went forth and I did it I'll be honest with you in my final year of university in my undergrad I was a bit like oh do I really want to do teaching? Mm. All of my friends are saying they've got their grad jobs, 50K up front, and they're doing this, and they've got the 50K salary, and they're working in JP Morgan, they're in Canary Wharf. And I just thought, hmm, like, is this the route that I want to take? And, you know, by God's grace, I applied really late to my PGCE, but I got onto the programme, and, you know, I guess the rest is kind of history. But that motivation to be a teacher is what keeps me grounded now amazing and I definitely feel like we need more teachers like you people that that are gonna have the same experiences as our students that we're teaching because it's the little things in life that makes such a massive difference I remember talking to um, some kids a few months back now and we were talking about the type of foods that we eat Mm -hmm. and one of the kids had mentioned planting. And before we knew it, we was in this conversation about yam and how she <laughs> likes I am. And I was like, absolutely loving the conversation. And that's the sort of school I want to be in. I want to mm-hmm. be in a school where I am reflecting the students and the students are sort of like, we're having these conversations. We are connecting on that deeper level. So that's really incredible to hear. Really, really nice to hear. Obviously, we've got some of our listeners who might be umming and ahhing, whether they should go into teaching, whether they shouldn't. Can you just give us like a bit of an experience of what your day looks like? A day in the life of Miss Gibbs, what does that look like? Okay, so waking up in the morning, I tend to get up at the moment. At the moment, I'm getting up between 5.40 and 5.55. At some point during that time, I'll wake up. Um, wake up eat breakfast if I feel like it 
shower wash, all of those, all of that stuff, you know, get ready for work. And I'm out the door between 7.10 and 7.15. Um, I get to work at about quarter to eight. Yeah. Um, get in straight away. I go into my emails, check any emails. So as a head of year and then as a teaching staff, I still... Even though I have a reduced timetable, trust me, it's not significant. So when people are like, oh my gosh, like I want to move up into this and that. And I'm like, listen, you still have your teaching responsibilities. And so I still very much have them. So I check my emails. If it's a pastoral issue, I'll try to follow up, follow that up as quick as possible. If it's an academic one, um, I'll pick that up throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Tutor time, I make my way around to all of the form groups. Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure I circulate all form groups, make sure all of those children, all of those students are fine. Um, liaise with the form tutors. And then I get the day started. So period one, lesson, it could be year 10, 11, it could be 12, it could be 13. It's going to still be me standing up, delivering something. Mm-hmm. They'll do an independent task, interactive. It could be retrieval, period two, then break time. Sometimes I could have break duty. Sometimes I don't. Period three, period four, because this is my day tomorrow, really. I have a five period day. Wow. Um, yeah, period three, period four. I think tomorrow I've got year 13. And again, it's intense. It's a double lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, again, delivering my lessons, marking, live marking, marking whilst they're doing work as well. Lunchtime, if you can call it a lunchtime, I work through my lunch. And that oh is so bad it's the worst thing I could say to people but to me there's no such thing as break like during my lunchtime I'll leave my classroom go to my office I'll start eating but I'm also on my computer and I'm replying to people and because for me it would be really weird to just take my lunch or talk to my colleague or just go on my phone I have to be like doing something so yeah and then I need to stop that though I need to stop it I do and then I have period five um and then the school day finishes at 2 35 for me because yeah. I'm ahead of year 12 but if you have a younger year group the day goes on to three because you have afternoon four time as well oh wow okay so your day is not too dissimilar to mine because our kids finish at 2 45 and okay. we've got we've got it's a bit weird with us so we've got um lesson one um lesson two break lesson three if you're key stage three you then have your lunch and then we've got form then yeah so form is in the middle of the day yeah (laughs) that's odd that would be a weird day for me I find that really odd yeah so form is in the middle of the day and then they go off to do their period four and five which is really really interesting actually to be honest with you in secondary school I used to have form time after lunch yeah after lunch we would go up to our form room and then we would go to our last periods of the day so actually it can work I guess yeah I guess it can yeah wow it can yeah and it's different because um I've just moved to this school so I started at this school in January obviously during COVID and then from September is when I've been in properly um, and starting that year fresh so I'm like oh I've got to be here I've got to be here getting used to the systems I guess it's a bit different yeah. to teaching over zoom but yeah that's that's how our days run um, yeah that's really, yeah that's really interesting um, can you give our listeners any um, ad- pieces of advice of what they should do if they do want to get into teaching so they've heard about how your day is like 
and now they're thinking oh I could I could work with that what piece of advice would you give them like three top three tips I think you need to know your why um and unfortunately you know there is money in teaching I don't really like when people say teach you can't mean teaching for the money there is money in teaching and we all want a job for money but I do think you need to have a why um why do you want to do this because it's the only thing that will sustain you throughout your time in teaching what is my purpose here do I have a purpose being here um I would definitely make sure that before you go into training you research all the training routes and the training opportunities it isn't just school it isn't just just PGC you've got schools direct and you've got non-salaried you've got salaried you've got skip programs you can be an unqualified teacher you might go down the route of being a teaching assistant before you go into full-time teaching mm-hmm. I would say get as much classroom experience as possible um it's a bit difficult in COVID um now but I think some schools are definitely letting people come back in and do some shadowing mm-hmm. I think make sure that you are in the right place for you so if you assume that you'll be great in primary school go and do a week in a primary school you might turn around and say actually do you know what primary school is not for me Mm -hmm. I know primary school would not be for me because I actually did a week in primary school before I went on to do my PGCE I absolutely hated (laughs) every single moment of it it. the small chairs and the you know the uh, the the touching and the The miss she looked at me miss it it wasn't for me it wasn't for me and I needed students that I could have a conversation with and potentially ruffle their feathers a little bit but they're thankful in the end and that's why I knew secondary and sixth form was for me and the last piece of advice I would give is enjoy your job and don't seek progression too quickly enjoy the time that you have being a teacher because I think there's a an idea now that we should go into teaching and we want to be a head teacher in the first three four five years it doesn't work like that and I think sometimes we don't spend enough time in the classroom developing our practice and we forget how important that is but first and foremost your responsibility is to the children and to give them the best education possible so just enjoy your job enjoy your time and not every the days when it's bad it's not the end of the world mm-hmm. because teachers often have meltdowns and they will say, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, we're back in the classroom the next day. So every time you think, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Yeah. It's one day and it's not the whole year. Definitely. I agree. There's a couple of things that really resonated with me. The first thing being get as much experience. I remember whenever I turned 16, I was quite lucky in the sixth form that I went to. So the sixth form that I went to, they had from like nursery, it was the same sort of like academy. So it took the kids from nursery all the way to sixth form. So whenever I was in sixth form, we were quite lucky with the course that I was doing. I was able to go in and coach the little ones. And similar to you, I absolutely despised um, being with the little ones. And I was like, no, this is not for me. And then we had the opportunity to try out secondary as well. And that's where I was like, okay, this, this is nice. This is nice. I then started uni um, I signed up to an agency. So I was working at uni and I remember I had a couple of days off and then I was doing supply work. And that was oh. quite an interesting time. Yeah. Cause I was about 21, 22 mm-hmm. and I was supplying in schools where the kids were 16. 
now to them yeah to them I was able to have those conversations I was able to find out a little bit more about what they felt like was a safe space for them how they felt because I'm from Nottingham and the area that I went to school in it was an area where it was quite diverse but then again the school and the staff the SLT team never really reflected the students so that was an interesting period um, and an, a, really inter- a good experience, actually, because it really cemented my decision into going into teaching. So that was really good. And then another thing that not, not wanting to progress too quickly. So as I was saying to you earlier, this is my fourth year of teaching now, yeah. um, but I haven't really progressed in terms of um, getting any extra TLRs. Now, mm-hmm. that's due to two things. A the opportunity hasn't really come and whenever it has come whenever I've applied for things I've just not been lucky enough to get them which is absolutely fine and I've quite enjoyed this um, journey that I've been on actually to be in the classroom really perfecting my craft it really made me think whether in the future whether I want to go into and have and have those TLRs or do I just want to stay in as a classroom teacher because there isn't too many people there's not enough just classroom teachers everyone seems to have that added extra and the added responsibility which at times it does become quite stressful and quite strenuous and then it, it impacts on how good your lessons are then and yeah so so far I've really enjoyed the journey that I've been on but quite interestingly as well although it's my fourth year of teaching I've been in five different schools so I've been quite lucky to yeah (laughs) yeah so I finished my teacher training got a job but it was only a maternity cover okay so I did um September until Easter at that school and then in for the last summer term I had to find a school to make sure I finished my NQT so I was in two different schools then so wow. I was doing like Monday, Tuesday, Friday in one school and then Wednesday, Thursday in another. Because I'm a PE teacher, PE teaching jobs are quite hard to come by. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so that was the three schools after my first year. And then my second year, I was in another school for the, the um, for two years after that. I was in another school in Leicester. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Manchester. I was in a, a school in Manchester from September till the new year. And then the new year, I started this new job. So it's been quite a journey and it's been quite interesting to compare how the different schools work. But one thing that I can say is that whenever you look at the picture up above, it's always very, very white, yeah. no matter the demographic of the student. So, for example, I've been in inner city Leicester where most of the students are Asian, Muslims, um, a lot of Somalis, and I've yeah. been in a school where it's like middle class, um, um, like middle class um, areas, quite affluent areas, and it's quite interesting to compare. So yeah, it's been quite a journey, and I've really loved every minute of it. Where I'm at now, I feel like I'm quite settled for now, but yeah. who knows what the future brings. So yeah, five schools. <laughs> I really commend you on that though because a lot of teachers black teachers say you know what I can't move because if I move I won't get another opportunity or if I move then I'm gonna have to just rebuild but moving can be sometimes the best thing that you can do until you find a school that fully supports you and serves you and does the best for you and I think that it's so it's sometimes a step 
out on faith to say actually I'm going to move schools because it can be daunting for people mm-hmm. you know we know how if it's a student coming to a new school but as a teacher coming to a new school it can be even more intense mm-hmm. for us um, but honestly I think that's really really good and like I just commend you for your experience because I might have to get you to come on to one of our Instagram lives to talk about that experience of different schools because people are so scared of going to different schools and it's something that I'm saying just just move honestly it does wonders for it's done wonders for my teaching as well because obviously with the different schools you've got different yeah. targets and, dif- and different mm-hmm. drivers for that for those different schools so it's been really nice to have that broad experience and actually now I sit back and sort of like reflect where I was like a year ago in the school that I was in and how their systems work compared to now I've Mm -hmm. got more ideas in terms of what I bring to the table to my current school where if something's not working I look back and I'm like you know what this is how it was done here and it worked really well let's try it And I'm so thankful and I'm so lucky that my department have been able to give me that voice and coming in with that new fresh ideas because the guys in my department have been there, like the guy who's been there the least amount of years, he's been there for like five years. So and the guy that's been there the longest has been 25 years. So it's, yeah, once people settle, that's it, they've settled, which is kind baffling, but yeah. Wow, that's amazing though, wow. We've spoken a little bit about who inspires you. Can you give us a little bit more? I know you said this teacher who sort of like looked like you, gave you that drive, you were mesmerised by her. Can we have a little bit more about who she was and what subjects you taught? So this was my A-level sociology teacher, Miss Carter, who I just spoke to the other day and it's crazy because we still are in contact um, however many years after I've left sick form. Um, And she just really kind of pushed me to recognize my purpose like to apply for universities to travel to go far Um, and I've always been in contact with her since I started my teacher training journey and we've never stopped talking since she was my teacher Um, and she just really has pushed me to recognize that I'm doing this for my students Um, and she just I feel like she's kind of made me into who I am and so I kind of try to emulate that at all points because I remember what it was like to be in sick form you can go down two paths in sick form I always say that to my students you can forget who you are you can just think that it's adult life now you don't take anything seriously or this can be the year that really makes you mm-hmm. who you are and you can have academic success and she really pushed that um onto me it didn't matter my background it didn't matter where I was coming from mm. nothing like that she really just kind of embraced me and everyone else in our lessons and kind of just pushed us to be the best mm. um and so she really does inspire me in my day-to-day um in terms of just inspiration though in general I think one thing that keeps me going not only in teaching but in terms of Black Teachers Connect is the impact that we have on mm. other teachers so even when someone just leaves a comment and says well this post has made my day or I just needed to see this or you know that that workshop was really good or that brunch just really helped me it was nice to network those things really impact on me because I think we're having a direct impact not only on people's career but on their mental health by being surrounded with others who are like them I think we really sometimes downplay the importance of representation 
Mm-mm. but it really is so so important but in terms of inspiration she's my main inspiration love that big up miss car i hope she listens mm-hmm. to this <laughs> i'll send it to her i'll send it to her so she does she follows the instagram page so hopefully she will oh love that love that that's so similar to me as well because i was um at a point where i was like oh maybe teaching maybe not and this lady called miss point and she was my pe teacher she sort of like just took me under her wing and literally mm-hmm. opened my eyes to all these different experiences like mm-hmm. going on expeditions going to different matches like football i was that kid like sign me up for anything football yeah. cricket rowing i will do it <laughs> and yeah those people do really make an impact and again similar to you i try and emulate that in my current job as well giving them the same opportunities so they're able to flourish and okay. i had it the other day actually this was yesterday we were playing football with year 11s really engaged group and this girl she hates sports she hates PE but we were playing she scored a goal and she literally like fell on her knees and she started crying she was that happy I was like yeah and I was like this is what it's all about it gave me such a great feeling and I was Mm. like that's incredible like we all came around gave her a big round of applause and the grin on her face was incredible and again it's the impact and it's those little moments where you sit Mm. back and you're like I did that and I don't think we take enough time to reflect and give ourselves pats on the back because yeah because with teaching it's all go 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 you Mm. really take that time but it's really important that we do that if you get if you could give your fifth your 15 year old self a piece of advice what would it be don't talk to that boy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if I could give my 15 year old self a piece of advice it would be to still live every day as a child because I think at 16 when I was going into year 11 when I was in year 11 I gave up my 16th birthday to focus on my GCSE so my birthday is May 9th I never celebrated my 16th birthday ever and I think one that's a massive thing that I kind of look back on and I think to myself I still should have focused on being a child in that moment and that's something I say to my students now when they say to me I'm not a child yeah you are you're 16 you're a child child. therefore you're a child you're a child until you're 18 you're a child and I think to myself sometimes we rush so much out of childhood Mm -hmm. and we rush so much outside of trying to experience this adult world that I probably would have told myself that it all works out in the end and that Mm -hmm. you have to enjoy all the moments that life throws at you so I've made it a point of call to ensure that I celebrate my birthday even though my birthday still falls in that exam period oh Mm -hmm. horrible um but (laughs) I just think that's something that I would always tell myself and it's something I try to tell my students you know they're so quick my year 12s are so quick miss I've got this part-time job and I'm like that's amazing like that's wonderful but you know I waited until I was 17 and a half almost 18 to get my first part-time job pretty much my first real part-time job that was earning good money I went to McDonald's when I was 16 but Mm. I wanted to I want to let them know that even though they want quick, fast money, some of them are supporting their parents, they're supporting their families. Mm. They still need a childhood. And that's mm-hmm. something that's really, really important to me to getting my students to recognise. Yeah, I think that's really important. I've got a sister who's ter- who's 18 now and she's just started uni. But I remember 
whenever she turned 16 she was so quick to be like I want a job I want a job I want a job and I was like sis no you don't because once you start getting that money and once you start paying bills and like whenever you get a job you'd want something extra so I'm getting another phone or I'm getting this I'm getting that and I was like just enjoy your childhood you don't need to get a job like financially we're very blessed and very lucky mm. to be able to not need that financial like to support ourselves financially at that age so I was like yeah. no you do not need a job just relax yeah. but she wasn't getting it but yeah she I think she got her job at 17 and a half as well so mm-hmm. I was quite glad actually because once you get sucked into the system there's no yeah. really going back is there no going back whatsoever yeah. What are you currently listening to? Can we have your top three songs, please? We've got a bit of a... Uh, This isn't necessarily really child appropriate. Dexter Dapp's Call Me If has been one of my favourite songs of the moment. I probably pull that up at least three times a day. (laughs) Um, More than anything, um, Sunday Service Choir is another one of my really favourite songs. And Good Morning by Kanye West is another one of my favourite songs that comes on with my Alexa in the morning. Lovely. I love that. Um, can you just give us what, what your social platforms are and where can our listeners find you on, please? So you can find me on Twitter at Lovery or at Black Teachers CO. Um, on Instagram, you can find us at Black Teachers Connect. Um, we're also on LinkedIn you can also follow us on the you can also check out our website and everything like that and we have a Facebook group for black teachers the links in our Instagram amazing thank you so so much for your time beautiful talking to you I love your enthusiasm your energy I just love it thank you so much for a very insightful conversation thank you for having me So that's a wrap on today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and that you gained something positive from listening in, whether that be you gained a new perspective, got some tips and tricks to motivate and inspire you, or it's just made you smile. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and leave a review so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes and so we can bring you more of the content that you love. Until next time, Stay blessed, wear that crown with pride and keep shining.